0: Welcome to episode number 274 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide
1: hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. The theme today is the Second Amendment Foundation, and our guest is Alan Gottlieb. Alan is the founder of the Second Amendment Foundation, SAF, and the SAF is dedicated to promoting a better understanding about our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Alan is also the author and co-author of numerous books, including Things You Can Do to Defend Your Gun Rights and Assault on Weapons, the Campaign to Eliminate Your Guns. Welcome to the show, Alan. How are you doing today?
2: Great. Thank you. It's really good to be with you guys.
0: Absolutely. Well, holy cow, since we talked to you last, so much has happened. <laughs> We've gone through all of the the lead up to an election. We, uh, we're sitting in the studio on Monday, January 18th, so we haven't quite come up to the inauguration day yet, but we pretty much see uh, how all that panned out. And it uh, looks like we are going to have a Either a Biden-Harris administration or maybe a Harris-Biden administration. I keep hearing them say it both ways, but but that's how it looks like it, it is panned out. And uh, you know, it, you sit in a unique position where you know the history of the conversation that we've had in this nation about firearms and our rights, and and I think you can kind of forecast a little bit better than the average person about what this new administration is going to bring. What do you see on the horizon for us?
2: I see a very heavy storm coming for gun rights. Uh, this administration is telegraphed all through their campaign and through their you know, long record of uh, service in government that they don't support second amendment rights at all, uh, that they're out to do anything they can to make it next to impossible to own or use a firearm for legitimate lawful purposes, uh, from gun bans to gun taxes, to, to anything you can think of in between. Uh, it's going to be a very tough two years, for sure, at a minimum, four years at maximum, uh, for gun owners to protect their rights from the federal government infringing on those.
1: Well, Alan, with that bad news, what can we do as average citizens to maybe help with that?
2: Well, there is no doubt that we've got to be, uh, like your shows, you know, you, you talk about how you educate and inform. Gun owners need to be educated and informed. Uh, gun Freedom Radio is one great way to get that information. Uh, you know, and join various gun groups, both national, state and local, uh, get engaged, make sure your elected officials, you know, feel, feel the heat and feel the pressure. Uh, we've got to really work very, very hard to be honest about it. Our opponents control the White House, the Senate, the, the, the House of Representatives, the media and the big, you know, big tech oligarchs and the billionaires like Michael Bloomberg. All that is the perfect storm going after our gun rights. We have to band together. Work together and be on the same page to fight this common battle.
0: Boy, I, I couldn't have said that better myself. And you know, your organization, the Second Amendment Foundation, you you are a national's found uh, organization, but you do go into states and you help support our gun rights through litigation uh, and and taking up court cases where you have a, a defendant that that the the local laws in that state uh, or regulations have have infringed on their rights. And so even though you're a national organization, you really are a local organization as well.
2: Yeah, the, the, the laws in court that we attack aren't just federal laws, they're also state and local laws as well. This opened up, Cheryl, when the Second Amendment Foundation won the Supreme Court case with McDonald versus Chicago and knocked out Chicago's gun ban it also incorporated the 14th Amendment uh, through the second, sec, incorporated the second Amendment through the 14th Amendment to all 50 states and localities. That allowed us to bop, bring suits in federal court against state and local governments as well. Right now, we're engaged in over 40 active lawsuits, uh, and about 80% of the case law that's been won supporting Second Amendment rights in, in our courts have been won by the Second Amendment Foundation and or our attorneys. So we have built the foundation for litigation, not just for the Second Amendment Foundation, but for other gun groups and individuals as well.
0: Absolutely. Did you say 40, as in four zero, active yeah. lawsuits?
2: Four zero. 0 it, it, it may be a little over 45 now. Uh, it, it's really, it, it's, it's amazing. We are acting in litigation with more cases than most law firms are at any given time. Uh, it's really gotten to be an, an, an amazing mushroom cloud out there uh, to, to, to try and attack the uh, anti-gunners with all the laws that they've been passing. And, and we also have another program we, we really work on uh, very heavily where we don't necessarily sue, but we write local governments and threaten to sue. And as a result, we have taken over 500 laws off the books without even having to go to court in various states across the country. Uh, and that's been, been been very, doesn't make a lot of press because we get them withdrawn uh, without having to go to court and making a lot of you know news about it. But there's over 500 laws we've had removed from you know state and local uh, ordinances.
1: Well, you know we have a constitution, United States Constitution, and then a lot of people I guess aren't aware of that we also have state constitutions, and there is a lot of states that are not abiding by their own constitutions, and so you step in and say, hey, this law is against your own constitution, right, and remove it. Is that what you're doing?
2: Yeah, uh, that's definitely true. Sometimes when we follow our suits and not just under Second Amendment protections, they're under First Amendment protections as well. Example, our defense distributed case with, uh, you know, 3D guns being allowed to put plans on the Internet so that people can learn about firearms and make their own firearms. Uh, It's a First Amendment right to be able to communicate that information. And when the governments try to shut us down, we've gone to court to stop that as well.
0: Absolutely. So important. So I, the SAF just uh, over this past weekend, I believe it was sent out a press release about yet another lawsuit that you're taking up against the, the BATFE, which most people would just know as the ATF, right? The right. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives concerning the arm brace issue. And having to do with uh, how the, the ATF wants to do away with these arm braces, it impacts APA laws and violates some of these APA um, regulations. Can you elaborate on that for us? Yeah.
2: The APA is the American Procedures Act. And let me, if I can, I've got some notes sort of on my screen here because so I like to be a little bit accurate about this as well. Sure. So if I look a little bit off to the side a bit, to check my notes, you'll, you'll understand why. But as you guys know, that arm braces were really developed. To help you know disabled and uh, you know sh- shooters uh to, to be able to shoot accurately and, and safely and then now they're used by lots and lots of people as well uh over in fact over 200 mil uh, two million people own these arm braces now and atf they have this policy where they do where they issue these private letter rulings so to speak and so if one person can get a private letter ruling saying that it's okay to u- to use an arm brace or this arm brace is legal on this type of gun uh, and then somebody else will get a letter that says the exact opposite. And these are private letters. They're not published they and on ATF's website. Uh, no one knows about them. It's very confusing. Uh, and over the years, they've issued various different letters saying different things. Uh, and of course, quite frankly, they don't really have the right to make laws. Only Congress can make laws. When they issue these rulings like this, they're really technically uh, not complying with the laws of Congress and they're basically illegal and, and don't really have much clout. But in 2020, in December, um, you know, a little over a month ago, they put out for public comment, one of their uh, positions they put out in private ruling, ruling letters uh, to say that basically the arm braces, if you put them on a firearm, it becomes an NFA you know, weapon, National Firearms Act, $200 you know, excise tax, if you don't do it, you can go to jail, you're committing a felony. Uh, and they put it out for comment. Over 70,000 people commented, almost every comment was negative to this And, uh, you know, a lot of us work with the Justice Department to try to get the Justice Department to back ATF down because it was not, you know, legal for them to even do this under the American Procedures Act, which we just talked about, because you have to give 60 days notice. And they gave approximately 17 days total notice for the comment period, which included Hanukkah and and, uh, Christmas and New Year's, making it difficult for people to even comment. The Justice Department backed them, temporarily backed them down and they had to withdraw it. However, the head of the ATF, and this is what part of our suit's about, we're suing her as well. She's an acting director, a whole from the Obama administration. Uh, President Trump wanted to get rid of her, wasn't able to get a a permanent director confirmed by the Senate, so she got to just hang around and be there. She's interviewing, so to speak, with the Biden transition team, trying to become the permanent director and worked with them to put this this, uh, public comment thing in place to try and change the regulations without congressional approval. Uh, so we filed suit, uh, because we know the Obama administration basically sort of shot across the bow uh, of their new ship of state. And we know they're going to try to use executive orders and administrative actions to uh, you know, further their gun control agenda because they've telegraphed that and they've told us that, you know, it's on, it's on Biden's own website. Uh, and so we filed suit to try and back ATF off and back the Biden administration off. Uh, we've gone to court to, to ask basically that, you know, they have to comply with APA to declare that, that, a court order that they've been in violation of the law uh and uh we have a number of I- plaintiffs in this uh rainier rainier arms uh here in uh, washington state is uh one of our plaintiffs and we have uh two individual plaintiffs that are both disabled one of them is an iraqi and afghanistan war veteran that had three limbs amputated and needs a brace to be able to shoot another one is a police officer that was in, injured in the line of duty and needs a brace to be able to shoot and, and maybe keep his employment along with the Second Amendment Foundation. So we have filed suit basically to shut this down uh, to get the, what, what ATF didn't trying to do in the future, declared you know illegal uh, and get an injunction against it uh, and uh, hopefully protect this 2 million gun owners out there aside from all of our Second Amendment Foundation members who are obviously become plaintiffs when we sued from the foundation protect their rights to only arm braces. You know, these are commonly owned uh, firearm accessory. Uh, and you know, the Supreme Court has already talked about commonly owned firearms and therefore being, being protected by the Second Amendment. And therefore, accessories to those firearms should be protected as well. And we're in federal court and this is a very exciting case for us because it, it, it basically puts Biden and Harris on notice that they try these executive orders and administrative actions. And we're gonna be right there in court suing when they cross the line.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, And it's so needed because uh, it seems like the side that is for our constitution is for our rights. We tend to be the kind of live and let live uh, mindset. And so we're not out there being rabble rousers and trying to force everybody else to think like we do. And that's been working against us year after year after year. And so to have an organization that uh, we can be members of, that we can support with our dollars, like the Second Amendment Foundation out there, you know, with your ear to the ground, watching for these opportunities and pushing back is so important. And I'm just so glad that, that you're, you're out there doing that um,
1: on our behalf. Well, also, you know, I mean, you really do have to be careful because the ATF is now starting a deal about the 80% receivers. And what's next? receiver, 20% receiver, (laughs) before, you know, a a piece of metal can become a receiver. Yeah, that
0: pipe looks like it could be made into the barrel of a gun. So therefore, we have to regulate that now, right?
2: Yeah, and we know the Biden-Harris administration is going to be pushing ATF in that direction, but they can't get passed by Congress, you know, they're going to try to get their administrative agencies to make rulings like this that infringe on Second Amendment rights. So we're going to be there in court uh, probably an awful lot in the next Two to four years
1: Absolutely. So, Alan, you know we know that there's uh, the, the democrats have the majority on all the, the the house and the senate um what are their chances of getting some stupid laws through isn't there some democrats that are for guns and are, don't they are they still going to have a battle
2: well there are in the united states senate as an example which is a place to stop it because the, the, in the house going to be a lot more difficult with nancy pelosi having more control with the Senate being 50-50 Democrat-Republican and, and the Vice President casting the tie-breaking vote, gives them a slight edge there. There are you know, maybe three senators or Democrats, maybe four, but I'm gonna say three, that won't go along with everything in the Biden anti-gun rights agenda, but will go along with most of it. The problem is you also have three or four Republicans that, are, that, that probably would go along with Biden. So this is nip and tuck. I mean, some of these votes are gonna be won and lost by one vote. That's why it's important for all your listeners and viewers to stay engaged.
0: Absolutely. So speaking about staying engaged and trying to communicate with one another and with our elected officials and with the, the public in general, everyone knows that we're having a harder and harder time with getting our messages out because you know the big platforms, the social media platforms are are demonetizing people and and muting people and putting people in what we're calling you know social media jail and and deactivating their accounts and it really is getting harder and harder which i think is an interesting thing that the second amendment foundation have just hired a new media marketing manager a name that maybe some of us are familiar with mr brad parscale and uh, I'm seeing your advertisements appearing on even prime time television. Uh, and I, I just wonder, you know, what, do you, what do you expect with someone like Brad uh, working with the Second Amendment Foundation since he seems to really understand how m- social media can best be used, uh, even understanding there's algorithms out there that are you know, working against our messages.
2: Well, before i actually answer that question you know i want to add to what you said talking about social media going after you know the gun rights movement we just had in the last week or so the virginia citizens defense league you know just before their, their major state rally the state capital their email service provider uh mailchimp took down their account because they quote unquote are too high risk an organization uh to to, ha- to be able to you know have mailchimp and then we've also seen in this past week the ar15.com website taken down by Amazon Web Services. Luckily, they're back up with another provider right now. But these are the kind of things that we're facing. Luckily for the Foundation, Brad Parscale, uh, you know, committed to come to work for us and his whole agency and all his staff uh, will be doing all our social media for the Second Amendment Foundation. And when it comes to the algorithms that you just mentioned and things like that, Brad is really familiar with how they all work. For those of you listeners who don't know who Brad is, he was the one who had the whole digital stuff put together for the Trump campaign, turned out all those t- tens of 20,000, 40,000 people at all the Trump rallies uh, nationwide uh, and, and all the digital advertising and social media stuff, was—you know he did. He's a genius at this stuff. And I'm really proud that he, he you know, just, that he's picked us to have as a client, so to speak, uh, and, and working with us to, to, to further this. I'm hoping that it helps double the size of the Second Amendment Foundation in the next year. Uh, and it's really, really important to our efforts. And then you also mentioned the TV spots. Uh, we, we started running them last week. We ran 40 last week and we're running a slew of them this week. So I think we're in total, it's like 119 national TV spots. We're running over a two week period to welcome Biden to the White House, so to speak, to help organize gun owners for our, uh, our second amendment first responder program. where We asked them to uh, text Protect 2A to 474747, they get immediate text back with a link to, to go to, to our website and sign up to become a Second Amendment first responder to get engaged, involved, educated, and, and, and work to help protect their gun rights. So we're trying to create this massive public swell against what Biden and Harris are attempting to do, uh, along with Schumer and Pelosi, I guess you could say. So we're hoping to help grow the, the Second Amendment family and the gun rights movement and help to get these people then plugged into local and state groups as well. And uh, so far, it's working very, very well. Like I said, we ran 40 spots last week, and we're we're running, uh, I think it's, I mean, uh, like 79 spots this week. So we're really increasing uh, the volume because they worked very well last week. And I'm really kind of excited about it because it it puts us on national television.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, when you are talking about that groundswell and talking about... Uh, you know, building not only the attention, but the focus on the the issues at hand. There are eight and a half, I think, now, eight and a half million brand new first time gun owners across the nation uh, just in the, the past year. And just because somebody happened to buy a gun, it doesn't mean they, they instantly are tapped into their their constitutional rights and their bill of rights. And so, and they may not even be aware of, of how strong of a push there is against owning the thing that they just legally bought. So I think that having, you know, Brad out there with the social media and you guys have with your commercials on, on prime time, you, you help people to, to be better tapped in and informed. Are you doing anything that's specifically focused towards welcoming in the, the people that have just become gun owners?
2: Well, we're really trying, because first of all, we have to find them, and, and the social media is going to help find them, and so are our national TV spots that, that we're running. That, that's part of trying to reach those people. You know, we, a lot of them have reached out to us as well, uh, and of course, we obviously welcome them. But we get these stories about, gee, I went and bought my first gun and I was told it was, as easy as, it was easier to buy a gun than a loaf of bread by supermarket. Boy, is that not true. I had to wait two weeks to get my gun in my state. I had to go through these enhanced background checks. Uh, you know, I, I, had, I had all these roadblocks in my way before I could pick up the gun. I mean, it's like they're, they're learning that there already are an awful lot of restrictions. And a lot of people don't realize in our country, there are 20,000 gun laws that regulate the private ownership, use and possession of firearms. And now they want to even put more in place. A lot of these first time gun owners are realizing that there is a fight on their hands to keep the piece of property they just bought. And our problem is is, is finding them and then educating them and getting them engaged and involved in protecting their political and constitutional and civil rights.
1: Even in Arizona, which they treat uh, most people like adults, uh, people that bought guns were delayed because of the NICS check being down because of overuse or whatever their reasons were. And these people say, well, how come, how come, I thought it's supposed to be easy to buy a gun. And our comment to them is, you know, you need to think about that next time you vote.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things we have here is, is that with the NIC system, first of all, there's an awful lot of people that try to buy a gun and there are at least false positives where they get denied as a prohibited person when they're really not. The database is so ugly, old and disgusting and messed up that it really needs to be fixed up a whole lot before you can even really use it effectively. And likewise, there's a lot of people that should be in the database and committed violent crimes that are not. So it, it, this whole concept doesn't really work very well and it really needs to really be fixed uh, from the ground up. But one of the problems we have is as you mentioned with especially with the new gun buyers, the volume of gun sales has really increased. It's taxed system that, that's, o- that's overworked to begin with and it doesn't work that well and the delays and, uh, you know, become astronomical. When your life is being threatened and you need to have a gun to protect yourself or your family, Uh, a right delayed is a right denied and so there's a lot of problems here unfortunately for us biden and harris know that by screwing up the system if the system doesn't work nobody can buy the gun under under all these these laws so what happens is they're able to shut down you know gun sales completely by messing up the system with us and unfortunately the government controls the system that's one of the dangers of these, these these laws that come in place you know, if the system isn't isn't workable, if the system is down, you shouldn't be penalized. The government should, right. uh, you know. And, and we have an administration that wants to put those systems down to penalize us. These are the kind of ways they can get at us without even passing a law. Absolutely. Right. And it's... I
1: and I suspect that happens. They just say, you know what? Let's just shut it down for whatever name the reason maintenance, and then, right? And then <laughs> and then they uh, shut it down. A person can't buy a gun, and you know they may want to go hunting. They may want it for defense. There's so many things. And it's very disappointing and you look at it and say well okay there goes our sales today because the government decided they don't want us to be able to sell guns today mm-hmm. yeah they we're should...
2: also we're also getting complaints from people that get falsely denied and when they go to appeal it sometimes now it's taking nine months
1: yes oh my gosh yes.
2: you know I mean oh, I, I mean this is, this is unconscionable but these are the kind of roadblocks that the government can put in our in, in, in our way.
1: Right. And, I, and I agree, Alan, if they're going to make some kind of system, they need to have a system. Hey, if we can't provide you with this service, then you, we cannot deny you the sale of that firearm. Mm-hmm. That's the way it should be. And then if, if, if it is a felon, then it's their duty and their job to go and, and take care of that. Correct. But we have seen people that have bought guns from us that were felons. They were approved by the government. They were felons. And then the ATF had to come well, in and, and do something about it.
2: Well, one of the side things I'm just going to bring up is it's a little sidecar on this, but Hunter Biden the, the president's incoming, you know, the incoming president's son bought a handgun that he had left in his car that uh, That his uh, I guess sister-in-law picked up uh, And it turns out quite honestly that Biden to get that gun would have had a lie on his 4473 form because he's a cocaine user and mm-hmm. therefore shouldn't have shouldn't have been able to purchase the gun But you don't notice anybody going to arrest hunter biden for breaking gun laws do you
0: no no it's so uh they're they're above the law yeah yeah they they throw things out there to uh try to throw mud on good honest american citizens and then they turn a blind eye to the people that they choose to turn a blind eye to so education is so important to to know our rights to to know how to enact our rights, to know what to do if our rights get infringed in any way. And uh, one of the so important things that the Second Amendment Foundation does is you do help to educate citizens on how to uh, learn these things and then express their advocacy. So between your gun rights policy conference uh, that's held every single year, even if we have to do it virtually, right? and the webinars that uh, that you guys hold, uh, these things are valuable and so needed right now. Can you tell us a little bit more, elaborate on on what those opportunities are for people?
2: Well, uh, you mentioned this, we'll start with the Gun Rights Policy Conference, which is our large national conference, and may always may now stay a virtual conference on, online because we had so much more participation and we are able to have so many more speakers that way from all across the globe. Uh, and br- brought in a lot of international people as well. So uh, that's our, our big flagship conference. Uh, we have other conferences. You, you, know, you, you mentioned things on a webinar, but we also have state leadership training conferences. And we're looking at putting a, a, gun, a gun rights leadership conference together as well, where that would be much smaller than the gun rights policy conference, which is bringing like a couple, you know, 200 key leaders in the gun rights movement to network. Because one of the things by going virtual to gun rights policy conferences, we don't get to network, and networking is really, really important. We're also gonna be running this year our Legal Scholars Conference that's gonna to bring together 50 to 70 key attorneys that are working and law professors that, that are working uh, on, on Second Amendment issues, not just in our courts, but law review articles, public, public uh, popular culture magazine articles, and a lot of research on Second Amendment issues and rights. We're gonna bring them together for a conference as well as part of our educational opportunities. Uh, and we're gonna have a lot of things uh, once the, the COVID stuff goes away, We'll be doing a lot of state uh, and particularly all the battleground states for gun rights. We'll be, we're going to be doing uh, leadership training conferences in those states, just based on what's happening in that particular state to help educate and train our gun rights leaders.
0: Boy, that's so important because we almost always have our eye cast at the federal level, right? Who's going to be the president? Who's going to be our, our, you know, the, the senators and uh, congresspeople, um, which, of course, do come from our state? But very seldom do I think we really focus on what's happening in each individual state. And that is so important because what happens over in California very quickly starts bleeding over as people migrate and move to new places. Ew. Huh? Ooh. Yeah, Ew. (laughs) Well, well, it's not
2: just that, Cheryl. You have the fact that you've got anti-gun legislators, watch what California does in their state, then tries to duplicate it in their state. There's a lot of anti-gun groups out there that, ha- that go from state to state, you know, po- trying to pollinate what one state did into another state. Uh, not that we don't do that for gun rights as well. We try to protect our gun rights the same way, but we have to r- realize the other side uses California, so to speak, as, as a test tube for a lot of their anti-gun legislation.
1: Alan, why don't people understand what the constitution said? You know, these people that have power, they don't even know what the constitution is. I mean it's irritating to me that they want to change the united states won't they just move if they don't like it you know
2: that's why the second amendment is so important and it's not just about gun rights it's about freedom right
1: Mm,
0: absolutely well and i titled this show after your organization because i just started thinking about you know the foundation right I mean, you're you're a a foundation, a a 501c3, I believe. Uh, But the foundation of our nation includes the Second Amendment. Uh, It's that important. It's that vital. And it's the only place in the entire Constitution or Bill of Rights where our founding fathers realized that there was going to be confusing debates come up and people were going to actively try to introduce common sense legislation and all of this. You know, if you're a mom, then you hate guns somehow. And so they're like, you know what? Let's just put in a clause that doesn't appear anywhere else and it's shall not be infringed. It's like gun gun rights for dummies, right? Right. Uh, and, and so I, I do believe that. Uh, Our nation was founded on those principles. And I just wanted to use that little play on words. But to that end, where we're trying to articulate to others what we believe, what our values are, articulate to others uh, what's in our founding documents, and build community and network together, you are going to be one of our speakers at the uh, 2021 celebrate and protect our Second Amendment rights uh, event rally, if you would, on Saturday, February 20th at the Arizona State Capitol from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Hopefully COVID won't get in our way. And hopefully some of this other, you know, uh, news out there that, you know, well, we can't, you know, people are clutching their pearls. We can't meet together because, you know, some people might do bad things. What do you say about that? And why do you feel it's important for these kinds of gatherings uh, of of people that do value our rights?
2: Well, first, Cheryl, I want to thank you uh, for helping put that rally together. Uh, I think these things are really, really important. First of all, it's a chance for gun rights activists to network, the place to get educated and informed. And it's a place to send the, the, the whole state a message that gun owners are active, organized, and, and are watching what their legislatures do. Uh, it's really very important to get, to the, it gets a lot of media, it gets our voices out. It's something when you turn out the thousands of people that you turn out, it can't, it can't be ignored. Uh, it, it, it helps bolster the morale of, of gun owners all through the whole state when they see it on television. Uh, I think it's really, really important. I wish there something like that was going on in every single state. You do an excellent job with it in Arizona. I was there last year to speak, and I was very, very impressed with, with the turnout. I have a feeling this year the turnout is gonna be a lot bigger.
1: Well, you, thank they you. They said dozens were there last year. Yeah, dozens. dozens. Our
0: 3,500 to 4,000 people that showed up, the news wanted to call dozens. But what are you gonna do?
2: Yeah, but when they showed the picture, you could tell there was a lot more than dozens.
0: Absolutely. And and thank you so much for the kind words. Uh, our, our family businesses partner up with Writers USA each year to put this on. And it really is a, a celebration. It's a family-friendly event. And it's a, a wonderful gathering. And I really, really hope that uh, we do get to end up having it uh, live this year. If, if for some reason something comes up that we can't, I'm going to take a, a chapter out of your example with the the gun rights policy conference and just hold it virtually because it's too important the people that we have lined up to speak like yourself subject matter experts it is too important uh for people to hear what you have to offer uh for us to let it go without being um without being done in some way and we've just lost your picture but i think your phone probably rang or something so hopefully you're still with us and can find your way back to. There you are.
2: (laughs) I don't know why I lost, but I I noticed it said the picture is blocked out. I just didn't realize I just put it back on. I I have no idea why I did that.
0: (laughs) Well, you're back now, but, uh, but anyway, and I so appreciate that you're going to take time to, uh, to help us with that rally, whether it's live. I hope fingers crossed um, or whether we have to go virtual.
2: And of course, if you have to go virtual, yell, because we'll, our staff will help you from our experiences that we've had. We're more than happy to chip in with you.
0: Oh, you. that's a huge offer. And I'm going to hold you to it. So thank, okay. <laughs> thank you for that. Ellen, how can people continue to follow the, the work that you're doing and that the Second Amendment Foundation is doing? And how can they become members? I'm going to encourage every single person who hears the sound of my voice right now to become a member of the Second Amendment Foundation?
2: Well, the easiest way is to go to our website at saf.org, samalphafrank.org, or just put Second Amendment Foundation in your browser and our website will pop up. Uh, and and jo- join and donate uh, or get educated. Just go, to, go see what's going on on the website. I particularly go to our news and releases section because that talks about all of our lawsuits and uh, everything else that's going on that we're engaged in. Uh, and you'll see all the kind of work that we're really doing uh, that, that gets ignored by a lot of the liberal legacy media that's out there. Uh, and, and we welcome everybody. Uh, we don't discriminate against anybody joining us. Uh, we, our, our membership is only $15. We try to keep it as low as possible to get as many people engaged and involved in Second Amendment rights as we can. Uh, it's sort of like a family and a community, and so all your viewers listeners are more than welcome to join with us.
1: You know, yeah, and I, I've, been, I've been following the Second Amendment Foundation for many years now. Out of There's a couple of really good organizations. These are really, really good ones. And they, <laughs> you, know, you, you can see from the results, just go look on their website, the things that they've accomplished in the years. It's amazing. Alan, I, I'm so glad to know you and thank you very much for what you do.
2: Well, you both are great people, great Americans. I'm really glad you've got this show. And uh, it's great to stand shoulder to shoulder with you in, in this battle. And it's really going to be a battle in the upcoming year. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad to partner with you. Thank you both very much. Thank, Thank
0: you. you so much. Alan Gottlieb of the Second Amendment Foundation. Bye-bye. We'll talk soon.
1: Wow. All right. My goodness. And I'm curious about that. I mean, look at the accomplishments that they've done. Well, they got 45 lawsuits going on I right now. I was just going to say that. For the people that, that are... Taking away our second, our Constitution rights, not just the Second Amendment. It's cr- have forty-five active lawsuits. They don't do that. For that fun. takes money. That yeah. takes money. Yeah, and so and the um, supportive membership,
0: and you know, full disclosure, uh, we are lifetime members uh, because we believe in the work they do that much.
1: And fifteen dollars. You know, you say, well, fifteen dollars isn't going to help them much. It's not the $15. The $15 probably just pays for administration fees to get you signed up, mm-hmm. but it's the voice. You Your membership is a voice. Mm-hmm. So please. Well,
0: and they, they don't spam you. Uh, they send you important information um, and keeps you from being led down the primrose path with some of this garbage that passes as air quotes news. And so with the Second Amendment Foundation, they're actually in the trenches, they're actually doing the the litigation and and the lawsuits. And so the information they give you is the actual thing that's happening, not some hyped up, um, you know, spin from one of the big news organization news in air
1: quotes organizations. So if you own a firearm, you should be a member of the Second Amendment Foundation
0: if you don't own a firearm if you're thinking about if you care about our rights right because you know the next generation they're going to turn around and look at us someday and go what did you do do right or not do that caused us to be so far away from what our founders intended that the constitution and the bill of rights are our inheritance They were given to us, they were bought and paid for by people who fought, bled, starved, and died to secure these rights.
1: And they're still fighting and bleeding and dying.
0: Yeah, and so it was given to us free of charge. We didn't have to put that effort in. And if we don't understand that we are that bridge from one generation to the next generation we don't get to sit on a sideline and not have an opinion and, and be, oh, I don't do politics. Well, the Second Amendment, the Constitution, our Bill of Rights, they are not political, but they have become political. And as the Second Amendment Foundation is doing with these 20,000 laws, let me say that into the microphone, 20,000 laws that are on the books about firearms, uh, that they've been able to remove 500 of those. That's important because those laws go against, shall not be infringed, right? It becomes a permission system. Right. So boy, I got, I got on a spin there, didn't I? I got on, got on a little roll. Why
1: <laughs> didn't you get to speak at the second, at the uh, rally?
0: Because we are going to have booths set up
1: with our businesses. Oh, so that's what you so Oh, I see what you're saying. But all I want to do is go up there and say, gun laws bad.
0: Gun laws bad. <laughs> Constitution
1: good. good. Yeah, Bill of Rights it. good. Yeah. That's, you know, I mean, that's the point, right?
0: Yes. It's so true. But yeah, we're going to have booths set up for AZ Firearms, our gun shop, for Pot of Gold Estate Auctions, yeah. our auction house, for Gun Freedom Radio.
1: 105.
0: And they do, uh, the organizers and the previous um, attendees have been asking and are hoping that you're gonna bring the howitzer cannon out, the 105 World War II cannon uh, because it makes a great selfie spot, Yes. right? So um, it's gonna be a wonderful day. I just, I really hope we get to hold it live. We've had so many events in the past Um, Has it been a year now that we've been dealing with COVID or almost a year? year. So many events that have been either canceled or altered in such a way that they've had to go virtual. And it worries me now that trying to go virtual, we're just going to get silenced and banned and shut down. So
1: first of all, they tell you, you can't have a group organization. Mm -hmm. Then they tell you, you can't go virtual because you're a offensive you know, Facebook and all that stuff. So it is a way that they're going to, uh, you know, they're going to, they're probably going to be some issues coming up.
0: So it it does worry me, but um, try, (laughs) try to attend um, and come with the right spirit. This is a, a fun and celebratory event. And, uh, it's always been that way. It's, it's build that way again this year. And if there's any way for you to come to the Capitol that day in that spirit, please come. And, um, you know, if we have to end up going virtual, we'll talk about it here on the show. Uh, hopefully we'll still have a Facebook page that you can, uh, find information on or worst case scenario you can go to our website which is gunfreedomradio.com. We'll figure out how to put a banner on there or something that keeps you informed. Uh, we also have the actual website to the rally is 2nd Second Amendment rally dot That's where you really can find all the information out on that rally and any changes that maybe have to be made. But Uh, We look forward to whatever it gets to be this year because everything is different and we're rolling with the punches and we are pivoting where we have to pivot and uh, just excited that you guys are here with us uh, today and listening to all of the episodes we have. And if you missed any episodes, what do they do, Dan?
1: You can binge listen to your heart's content on all of our website posts. Does okay, close. close. He was
0: super close. So you go to gunfreedomradio.com. Oh, gun you click the on demand tab.
1: Click the on demand tab.
0: And then once you're there, you can, you
1: can binge listen to your heart's content, darling.
0: <laughs> and if you want to know more about any of our guests, there are you can click the guest tab and you will see photos and bios and links to all of their works and it is a tremendous resource and We don't hate it when you spend some time there. So uh, please check all of those uh, episodes and guests out. They are subject matter experts. They're people who are speaking up
1: what they say.
0: Absolutely. They're not trying to spin you on anything. They're just saying, this is my work. And this is what I've experienced in my work. What a refreshing voice rather than hearing somebody who has zero expertise in,
1: you know. firearms are bad. How come? Well, because my, my dad said they were. Because they're bad. They're bad. Right? That's bad. Because the Biden-Harris and my, organization yeah, and administration not, told us they were. Yeah, and and I'm, they're just bad. Yeah. So, That's, we don't have those kind of guests on our show. Our people come up and say, you know, firearms have saved, I don't know how many millions of lives over the years. Uh, so, um, and they can back it up. They can give you examples.
0: Absolutely. What is the figure? We used to say it every single week on the show, and I'm going to have to see it if we have an updated figure. But it was like 2.5 million times every single year. year.
1: Uh, these a are life... backed up. These are these are exact facts from law enforcement and other organizations. It's not some stupid number. Yeah. That somebody made up.
0: 2.5 million times each year, a life was saved. Because of firearms. Firearms were used 2.5 million times at least each year. Could you imagine that? if
1: Chicago would open up to responsible gun ownership and let people carry firearms? How bad, how low those numbers would go? Yeah, just even the way you said that, let people carry right, firearms. Let, right. Well, Chicago, that's
0: that permissive system that should instantly give you hives. <laughs> if yeah. you've read let. your constitution, yeah. your bill of rights the word let the words let them carry firearms should give you instant hives and another figure 200,000 times each year a woman prevents sexual assault why because she was armed responsibly armed citizens save lives protect lives and we never get to hear that on the the mainstream Whatever you want to call a media, that sounds like it's criminals
1: that are trying to outlaw guns to make their job easier. That's what it sounds like to me. Mm, Honestly, I wonder wonder about that.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we've got to wrap up and get out of here. So, thank you so much to our awesome guest today, Mr. Alan Gottlieb of the Second Amendment Foundation, which is protecting the foundation of the Second Amendment. That's clever. See what I did there? I'll, I'll be here they all week did tip, they did tip your weight staff. That's they, true. Yeah. Really, they did it. I just, yeah, you're right. And, um, you know, we say this each week, but I mean it more purposefully now than maybe ever before. Danny empty the garbage? Danny, <laughs> Danny, would you please empty the garbage? No, that's not what I say on the air. Uh, oh. What I say on the air is, please pray for our nation.
1: Yes, she does say that
0: please pray for the people who have been put in a position of responsibility
1: Without the word, using for
0: leader. protecting and defending our constitutional rights. Yes. Is that
1: better than leaders? It's hard because there are so many representatives out there that don't follow the constitution or they have a lot of butt clauses mm-hmm. in the constitution and it's really a shame because what's a butt clause? <laughs> a butt clause is I like, I oh I love firearms, but mm. they shouldn't be allowed to have, but they shouldn't be able to mm-hmm. do this, but all guns should be registered, but this says shall not be infringed, period. Period. It's not except for yeah, in addition to yeah, it shall not be infringed. Why can't we find? People who want to represent our country, us, that follow this—it's so easy, it's so simple, and it's like to me, a person that follows this is accountable. They have um, um, what was that word? The
0: integrity. Integrity.
1: Yes. How about and that so, word? So, it's it like one of our—I uh, think David Laird said—you know—the basis off the Bible. The the Constitution was based off the Bible, and you know, he's right. And we should follow that. And we should live by the Constitution, because if we do, we'll be good people.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I think uh, David Laird, he's a a trainer, he's uh, the owner of Defense um, defensive combative solutions here in Arizona. But um, he basically said that if you haven't read the Bible, then you're not fully going to be able to understand where some of the phraseology came from, where some of the the text came from some of the intention came from. And so even if you're not a Bible follower, if you want to understand your constitution better, pick it up as a piece of literature, pick up the Bible as a piece of literature.
1: Can I just Um, mention that we have governors like in New Jersey that said that that's not their uh, responsibility, the constitution. He he didn't know what the constitution. It's above his pay grade. Above his pay grade. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Would you want to have, Okay. You wouldn't want to have a representative that said that. You might want to have a leader that says that for those of you who like to be led. Mm-hmm. There are some people that like to be led. They don't want the responsibility to be told what, you know, they want it, they want, they want somebody else to tell them how mm-hmm. to do what they do. That way if they do it wrong, guess whose fault it is? Mm-hmm. The so, leader's fault. Yeah. So somebody if you answers. you know so representatives should understand the constitution. Leaders
0: know. Absolutely. All right. So we've already agreed. We're going to pray for our nation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're going to pray for the people that have been placed in positions of responsibility over our constitution, our Bill of Rights.
1: Yes, I will do that.
0: Which actually includes all of us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If as a citizen, that actually is part of your responsibility. responsibility. Too. You bet we do. And so, what about the ones? What about there's people out there that you know are in leadership positions and representatives, elected officials. That we don't really like. What about them? Should we pray the for countries them? countries
1: they can go to. Can, you know, <laughs> no, I'm Venezuela, talking about praying I, for them. I, I should we pray v- for them? I, Venezuela has openings. That's true. But should we pray for them? Yes. All of them? We should pray for everybody.
0: Even the ones we don't like?
1: Pray that they change. Oh, yeah, what?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah what don't like. Especially the ones we don't like. We got to get out of here. Have a great week be yes. good to each other.
1: Yes. And God bless. Yes. Bye bye.